DSASF's The Priority Podcast. Through this podcast series, you'll hear education sessions and report backs from our priority campaigns. In each episode, you'll also hear more about how you can get involved to fight for the socialist transformation in San Francisco, across the country, and around the world. I'm Andrew Morales, and today's episode will be a recording from the second installment of our educational series on a socialist answer to the housing question. This event focused on Angle's The Housing Question and its relevance for DSASF's Empty Homes Tax Campaign, as well as our larger socialist efforts in addressing the housing crisis. Following the introduction, in which I review Angle's piece, you'll hear some brief commentary by two of our comrades who I think had great insight in applying Angle's work to our current campaign and beyond. As you will hear momentarily, Angle's primary critique in The Housing Question, both with Perdon's solution, what Angle's refers to as petite bourgeois socialism, and the bourgeois capitalists is their emphasis on private home ownership rather than one of collective ownership. Efforts to ensure increased private ownership of housing in place of collective ownership not only diverts the socialist movement from its primary goal, collective ownership through a worker state, it also ends up producing barriers to accomplishing this. As we will see, Engels argues that the only real solution can be found through socialist revolution. The question then arises, If socialist revolution is the only real solution for the housing crisis, what does this mean for our empty homes tax campaign and other parliamentary efforts? As always, if you feel inspired by what you hear and want to get involved in our campaign work, please check out the campaign website, www.fillemptyhomes.com, where you can register for signature gathering events or donate. In order to get this measure on the ballot, we need to get 14,000 signatures by this July. So if you can, please come join us for signature gathering. All right, then. Let's get started. Let's get into a little bit of historical context to this piece. Uh, This was initially written as a series of articles in Der Volkstadt, the newspaper for the German Socialist Democratic Party. Engel's piece starts as a response to an essay that was written initially as anonymous, uh, but later revealed to be uh, by a man named Mühlberger, and uh, more largely as part of an ongoing uh, debate on how to address the housing shortages at his time and the horrendous living conditions that were being subjected to the workers. Uh, The series was first written in 1872, just after the German victory in the Franco-Prussian War, Uh, This brought about a period of brief economic expansion, only to then be followed by economic crash. Capitalism kind of has a way of doing that. And as preface to the 1887 edition, Engels links the housing crisis to industrialization and urbanization. Uh, So as we saw in the PSL article, they write, while industrialization pushed rural peasants into the cities in search for work, the housing stock of those cities was torn down in order to accommodate the railways and large streets necessary for transporting raw materials, commodities, and other forms of capital necessary for industrialization. At that time, industrial growth drove up land values and with them, rents on the housing that remained. 
So basic layout of the text, the first and third parts uh, focus on Mühlberger's analysis and uh, solutions, which are essentially the same as Proudhon's. That's why it's actually called Proudhon's solutions. Um, and then the second focuses on the bourgeois capitalist solution. Uh, as we're going to see, both the Proudhon-Mühlberger solution and the bourgeois capitalist solution focus on the same thing, and that is ensuring workers' private ownership of housing. The first emphasizing that this is the key to true uh, uh, socialist revolutionary work without actually having any revolution be a part of it. And uh, the latter claiming that it will turn workers themselves into capitalists and thereby resolve the current evils of capitalism. Engels presents the German scientific socialist alternative, uh, which is essentially the necessity for collective ownership and a worker state throughout each chapter. Uh, along with his analysis of very real social conditions and problems tied to the housing crisis, and also how uh, both Proudhon's and the capitalists' solutions actually create problems and barriers to uh, the establishment of a worker state. Okay, so for uh, Proudhon, uh, as I mentioned, the first and third parts of the piece, Engels is responding to Mulberger's article. Uh, Mulberger draws heavily on Proudhon's philosophy and essentially approaches the housing uh, issue as an isolated topic that can be resolved on its own, uh, that is without taking on capitalist mode of production. This approach, uh, addressing social evils in an isolated manner without attacking the capitalist mode of production that creates them, is prevalent throughout the philosophy of and political orientation of Proudhon. Uh, Engels believes that socialism has long outgrown this uh, modality and this limited scope and orientation. And in his piece, The Housing Question, he wants to ensure that that does not resurface and become the dominant form of socialism, especially in Germany, so that German scientific socialism or Marxism can become the guiding principle of the socialist movement. Engels uh, states that Proudhon's, Dan Mulberger's faulty analysis and problematic solutions uh, focusing on private ownership of homes uh, rather than collective ownership, arises from a misunderstanding of the tenant-landlord relationship and exploitation of the tenant. Mühlberger claims uh, that the relationship is equivalent to that of the worker and the capitalist. Uh, here's the quote that Engels draws on from Mühlberger. As the wage worker in relation to the capitalist, so is the tenant in relation to the house owner. So, okay. What's the difference between uh, these two relationships and why is it important? The worker capitalist relationship involves a qualitatively different type of exploitation than that of the tenant landlord. In that relationship, capitalists are able to obtain surplus labor from the worker uh, without paying for that labor at its value. Uh, this relationship is both the core driving contradiction of capitalist production and what brings about the proletariat revolution. The tenant-landlord relationship, on the other hand, is simply a byproduct of the capitalist mode of production and its market. It is one of commodity exchange. So uh, there is a quote here from Engels, the housing shortage from which the workers and part of the petty bourgeois suffer in our modern big cities is one of numerous smaller secondary evils which result from the present day capitalist mode of production. It is not at all a direct result of the exploitation of the worker and as a worker by the capitalists. This exploitation is the basic evil which social revolution strives to abolish by abolishing the capitalist mode of production. Okay, so to uh, 
explain that a little bit further, the exploitation of the tenant through the housing shortage, um, horrendous costs of rent, terrible living conditions is, uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, one of the secondary evils that results from the present capitalist mode of production. You might think of this then as uh, a secondary contradiction to the primary one of capitalist production. Because they focus solely on the housing social evil as a primary evil, uh, Proudhon or Mulberger emphasizes the need for the working class to be able to own their own housing and thereby transcend the exploitation of rent. Per Mulberger and Proudhon, the solution to the housing crisis lies in the workers' private ownership of their homes. And this deviates from the actual purpose of socialism, which is the establishment of collective ownership through a worker state. However, workers' private ownership of homes not only misses the mark, it actually ends up limiting worker power and the ability to collectively put pressure on employers and on the capitalists. And I'm going to go into a little more detail on this shortly. Uh, Proudhon, in his appeals to eternal justice, proposes a means for establishing what he calls fair payment for the workers in purchasing their homes. Basically, all rent payments are to be applied towards the costs of home ownership, and strict limits are to be set on the interest set for the sum payment of the homes that, they, that their rent is going towards. However, uh, with these, while these solutions might make home ownership more accessible to the working class, universal private ownership, or just each individual's, everyone having their own private ownership, and the costs associated with it, uh, such as paying off the debt with rent money, housing maintenance costs, costs of the land, uh, these actually limit worker power and stand in the way of creating a worker state. This shows up in two ways, and that is uh, limiting the worker mobility and the worker's ability to strike. Okay, so with uh, worker mobility, if a worker owns a home or is trying to pay off a home, he is anchored to that home. If the exploitative conditions of his job, such as uh, unsafe work conditions, wage cuts, um, if these start to pile up, it's going to be really difficult for him to seek uh, potential employment that might be further out that he would have to move for. Um, he's basically bound to uh, where his home is. Uh, the only way he can really obtain liberty from this is if he then sells his debt off to another worker. Uh, but when that happens, then the other worker is then stuck in his position and has to put up with all the uh, exploitative conditions of that uh, employment. The other part is the financial dependency due to the mortgage debts, and these uh, can inhibit the ability to strike. If you have this massive debt that you're trying to pay off for your home, even without accruing interests, um, but with all those other costs that I mentioned, such as like house maintenance and uh, uh, paying off uh, for the land, uh, you are going to be much less inclined to, jeopard to jeopardize your employment by going on strike in solidarity uh, with fellow workers when the conditions get bad. Increased financial debt means increased pressure to do whatever it takes to keep your job. So uh, basically, the proposal for fair payment for private home ownership actually ends up creating conditions that get in the way of our efforts to dismantle the very system of production that creates problems like the housing crisis. The solution gets in the way of our collective efforts to establish collective ownership through a worker state. Uh, and I think it's pretty fair to say that like any uh, approach to a social evil that is going to uh, 
take a more isolated approach where you're just trying to address one symptom, you're going to probably have problems like these, where if you lose track of the larger goal, you might actually create barriers to obtaining that end goal. Okay, so that's Proudhon. For the bourgeois, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it is also a uh, similar solution in that it tries to emphasize private home ownership. For his critique of the, the bourgeois solution, Engels looks at M.L. Sachs and the housing conditions of the working class and their reform. The claim made by Sachs is that the quote-unquote so-called propertyless class, if supported in obtaining private ownership of their own homes, can be elevated to the level of the propertied or capitalist class. And this will in turn be achieved without any defiance or disruption to uh, what he calls the iron laws of bourgeois capitalism. Those enough familiar, those familiar, those of us familiar enough with the contradictions of capitalism quickly realize that this claim is a little nonsensical. You can't have everyone become a capitalist. Capitalists cannot exist without the existence of a lower working class that they exploit and uh, because their profits depend on the unpaid surplus labor that they're able to extract. Um, Engels has a good uh, uh, way of describing this a little bit further. Um, to say that everyone can be raised to the level of property capitalists is like saying that all of the 40 million subjects of the German empire could be made into German Kaisers. So, Sachs, uh, instead of appealing to eternal justice like Mühlberger does and proposing uh, legal interventions to ensure fair payment, focuses instead on the moral obligations uh, that uh, capitalists and workers have to make this possible. Uh, for the property class or the capitalists, their more obli moral obligation is to support the lower class in their obtainment of private housing. And for the lower so-called propertyless class, the moral obligation is to not blow all your money on unnecessary vices like booze, uh, which I guess today would be similar to avocado toast, I guess. Or I, yeah, unless unless you're homeless, then it is booze or drugs. Um, and to basically pull yourself up to uh, meet that support. Now, naturally, the moral imperative of the capitalist immediately dissipates as soon as private interest is challenged or competition is brought into the picture. But I think a good modern day equivalent to this would be that of uh, capitalist philo philanthropy that we often see, like uh, Bezos' creation of the homeless shelter and Musk's suggestion, though I don't think he's going to follow through on it, uh, but um, to do the same thing in converting a Twitter headquarters to a homeless shelter. Um, capitalists have to appeal to morality um, because uh, they want to get rid of the disturbing but necessary consequences of capitalism without actually disrupting capitalist production. So the only way that you can make claims like this is to get into something abstract like morality. Uh, another piece of note is, uh, and this is that Engels, uh, as Engels points out, um, even with the worker's potential ownership of home, that worker will still be exploited through the capitalist system uh, in the following manner. With the abolishment of rent, living expenses as a whole decrease. Since the capitalist mode of production has not itself been abolished, worker wages will also decrease in tandem with the decrease in uh, overall living expenses. Uh, in this way, worker exploitation continues to the same degree, even if the numbers have been shifted around a little bit. Uh, Sachs at one point admits that the real purpose of the proposed solutions, 
as Engels points out, is to quell the revolutionary spirit and for the workers to turn their loyalty away from the proletarian movement and towards the benevolence of the employer. Uh, he then goes into two different uh, solutions that he has through like housing systems. I'm not going to go into too much detail on them, but they're the cottage system and the workers' barracks. Uh, at a certain point, Engels notes that they start to resemble the workers' colonies from before. And it becomes more and more apparent how much more overtly the worker becomes dependent on the employers and his employment to keep his housing. Basically, at, at any point, the uh, employer or the factory owner can just kick the worker out of not only his job, but his housing uh, if he makes too much of a mess. This actually kind of reminds me of if anyone's seen Sorry to Bother You, uh, the worry-free program that they have, where basically you sign away your life to to do uh, nonstop or, you know, to uh, be continuously employed, uh, but you have your uh, housing and food guaranteed. And uh, it becomes more and more apparent as, as you're like looking at this program that it's the same thing as uh, uh, prison labor. Um, okay, so like one last piece on the bourgeois. Um, uh, one more uh, topic that I think is pretty relevant to modern day, and we saw this in the PSL arg article, is that of uh, when Engels talks about gentrification. So uh, as we saw in the PSL article, capitalism solves the housing problem in the same way that it solves all of the problems it creates, um, to quote Engels, in such a way that the solution continually re reproduces the question anew. Housing in neighborhoods are torn through uh, in order to make way for wider streets, businesses, luxury apartments. And uh, this is usually justified uh, first uh, by the bourgeois as a means to address health concerns created by poor living conditions in impoverished neighborhoods, often because those diseases that uh, started to uh, become more prevalent start to actually affect the uh, bourgeois class, the uh, middle and upper class. And also uh, under the claim that they're trying to uh, get rid of the unsightly nature of these poor living conditions. However, what ends up happening, as we all know, is that those health concerns and poor living conditions are simply pushed elsewhere as the poor people and poor neighborhoods are moved into a different region. Capitalism does not solve the problems of poor living conditions and housing issues, but simply moves them elsewhere. To quote Engels, the result is everywhere the same. The scandalous alleys and lanes disappear to the accompaniment of lavish self-praise from the bourgeois on account of this treatment, tremendous success, but they appear again immediately somewhere else and often in the immediate neighborhood. Uh, this is all part of the cycle of invested capital. Capital flows wherever the rate of profit is highest, so when it becomes concentrated in one area, it flees to another. Uh, investment brings development, which brings overdevelopment, which brings decline, which brings revitalization, to quote the article. Okay, so neither the bourgeois nor Proudhon solution actually solves the housing issue because they do not address the core underlying contradiction of capitalism, that within the capitalist mode of production. Engels' point here is not to provide a specific plan of distribution, uh, but to emphasize our need to always keep in mind our final goal, collective ownership through a worker state. So I wanted to end uh, this part of like summarizing the piece with this quote, the development of the proletariat soon casts aside these swaddling clothes. And he, here he's referring to Proudhon's analysis and solutions and produces in the working uh, class itself, the understanding that nothing is less practical than these practical solutions concocted in advance 
and universally, universally applicable, and that practical socialism consists rather in a correct knowledge of the capitalist mode of production from all its various sides. A working class which is secure in this knowledge will never be in doubt in any given case against which social institutions and in what matter its attacks should be directed. All right, so I'm gonna jump into questions in one second, uh, but I wanted a quick take a look at this. Who wore it better? First on the upper left corner, we have Muehlberger as quoted by Engels. We do not hesitate to assert that there is more, no more terrible mockery of the whole culture of our lauded century than the fact that in the big 90 cities, 90% and more of the population have no place that they can call their own. The real key point of moral and family existence, hearth and home is being swept away by the social whirlpool. In this respect, we are far below the savages. And at the bottom right, I think Sam pointed this out to us uh, in our last session on the series. And it is from, I'll just read it. The housing market, along with the, the workplace, is one of the key places where the working class experiences direct exploitation by the capitalist class. Home ownership has been the key way working class people have been able to build a modicum of wealth in this country. But skyrocketing property values and the decline of real earnings have put that dream out of reach for many Americans. And this was from DSA National 2021 political, uh, political platform under Housing for All. Okay, so the other question I had was, uh, if the main point of Engels' piece is that the housing question can only truly be solved through social revolution, what does that mean for uh, our work with like the empty homes tax uh, campaign or efforts to resolve all these issues tied to uh, housing purchases and, and, and real estate, like you were mentioning, like, does that change anything about what we're doing? And yeah, um, if, if I, I did address that to you, Sam, so if you want to answer that, go ahead. I know that Michael and Andrew are also on stack. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, okay, I, I do have I do have like one piece, which is like you know the fact that like these funds are that that would come from this tax is solely direct. I mean, not solely, but partially directed towards securing housing that would be permanently owned and acquired by theoretically the people, uh, such as it is in our state city government. But um, that's that's one way, um, kind of shifting the focus towards one key concrete goal, which is public ownership of of land and of housing. So that's, 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 that's one thing. And I'll take, take it offline. So that folks can talk. That's, that's awesome. Thank you, Sam. All right. Uh, Mike, you're on stack. Yeah. Apologies. I'm going to sound a little sick because I am, um, I have a mask on, so all of you are safe. Um, but basically <laughs> it, it sort of says that like the, like that housing as a commodity is going to continue having these problems as long as it is a commodity. And basically, I mean, I think that one of the things that Engels is saying is that like something like the empty homes tax won't solve this um, entirely. Now, does that mean that like as socialists, we don't do this kind of thing? Like I would say no. Um, I think this is a really important project for us to do, um, not because it will solve all of the problems related to housing. And I don't think that anybody working on the campaign thinks that it's going to. But one of the things that we don't talk about enough is how like this is building a larger movement. Like we don't have the power right now with DSA at the size that it is to decommodify housing. That's something that's out of our control, but we can do this. 
um, and basically show people that, hey, when we act collectively, we can actually make a change. We can make things better for people. I think the empty homes tax is definitely going to make things better for people. And so it's sort of like demonstrating our collective power. It's like picking a fight that we can win. Um, it's also like demonstrating this contradiction. It allows for conversations like this to happen where we can all be like, yeah, hey, like maybe this isn't going to solve the entirety of the housing crisis. It could improve it a little bit, uh, but it's not going to be like the panacea for the thing. Um, and so it can like condition us all through struggle, like with each other and with the outside. It can help educate us on like what exactly it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. It can help make people's lives materially better as we grow. And most importantly, it can grow the organization and our movement. And so I think that this is a really good piece of work that like explores, and by piece of work, I mean the empty homes tax. It explores this question in a really cool and good way via us doing it. So it's learning via doing, which I think is great. Mm -hmm.